Hey, this is Dan Savage from the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Garrett, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! In order for the magic to work, you have to truly believe in the magic. Hey, Magic fans, what's good? Um, Welcome to Penny for Your Thoughts, the podcast of the Orlando Magic UK. It's episode 81, and as you can tell from all the big smiles, this is our pod reaction to the news that on the draft lottery, we pulled number one pick on Tuesday night. So let's get to it. I'm joined as always by Mikey. Mikey, how you doing, pal? I'm I'm good, mate. I'm good. Smiles all around, obviously. Connell, 100%. you good? 100%. Oh, I'm absolutely made up. I've been dying to record this since the envelope was opened. So I'm ready. I'm definitely ready. And Gary, we saw the gun show as uh, they read out that we got the number one pick. <laughs> How are you doing, pal? Something big happened this week. <laughs> <laughs> we saw the gun show. I've, I've seen the, the uh, live stream back. <laughs> got the vest on. It's too warm. It's over 10 degrees. You've got to put a vest on now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, right. So let's get to this. Let's say Tuesday night we pulled in the NBA draft lottery. Um the basketball gods favoured us and we got the uh, number one pick. Uh, so June 23rd, Barclays Centre, Brooklyn. It will be all eyes on who we actually take. Uh, Magic also hold picks 32 and 35, which comes via the Pacers in the second round. More the fourth time in Magic history that we hold the number one pick. Previously, we drafted at one in 92, Shaquille O'Neal. Following year, 93, the draft night trade that saw Penny Hardaway and three future picks land with the Magic. And then in 2004, we drafted Dwight Howard. Um, so, boys, let's do it. Connell, what's your reaction to this number one pick? What, do you, what Where are you with it, mate? Because well, if, if looking at your reaction was, as Gary said, the best. Well, on, it's because uh, I was... It was it was excited and then it was reserved because like we said, it turns out I was a few seconds behind everybody else and I didn't want to be the one to kind of spoil it. So I was like, yes. And then I thought, oh, I'll let them enjoy their moment first before I get into it. But um, like you've said, there are some big names to live up to with future, uh, sorry, former Magic number one picks. And if they're anything to go by, you know, if there's any sort of correlation between the amount of talent that we seem to pull from number one picks, then our number one pick look will give us a good player no matter who it is. And it is a bit of a different draft this time because like you say, when we selected Shaq and Dwight especially, it was kind of a foregone conclusion it seemed as to who was going to be taken. But um, it seems like there's three guys in the conversation and I'm sure everybody watching already knows this. There's Paolo, there's Jabari and there's Chet. And each of them have their upsides. The, The different players, it's kind of, it's hard to compare them. And for the Magic's needs, it's an interesting one because, you know, it's positions where we have young, I mean, we have young players in every position, but, you know, we have young potential stars in those positions anyway. So um, I know we'll get later on to the podcast about who we think we should take and why when we yep. go to the kind yep. of Q&A section. But um, we, can't, we can't, with the number one pick, you can't lose. It's a rarity that with the number one pick, you end up drafting a total bust. So I think with the position that we're in, we're very, very fortunate. And with a young squad already, the future only gets brighter. Absolutely. And Gary, as I said earlier, just before, we saw your reaction there. You were in the vest and uh, giving it a good flex as uh, as we got that pick. 
Well, you, you can join me tonight, Paul. You've got the vest on as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you said, pal, it's too warm. <laughs> um, I think I, I went into that where it was, if we got a top three, I was happy. That's all I wanted. Yeah. It was a top three pick. At crack at one of those three. Um, and I looked at that and thought, well, we can't go any lower than six. And when we got into that zone where it was in the top three, I was just like, right, whatever happens now is a bonus. If we'd hit the third pick, I would have been happy. If we hit the second pick, I'd have been slightly happier. And uh, with the first pick, I was like, well, puts us, it, it doesn't just give us the choice of the player. It gives us, I'm not saying we should do this, but the choice of if we wanted to deal. Like if we wanted to swap, yeah. I come on to that, but it gives us options, which I think is important. And Mikey, you were on that stream were clearly a long way behind everybody else because everybody else is giving it this. And you're still hmm, <laughs> a thinker pose as you're looking down at your phone waiting for that news to come through. When when did you actually find out? Sort of seven o'clock this morning in the morning? Uh no, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock this morning. <laughs> It's um, the benefits of living out in the next part, mate. Do you know what's odd though? Like I think I said to you guys in our in our group, like my Wi-Fi speed around there is like two hundred, <laughs> which is really fast. But the problem is, it's got to travel from the next town, which is about four miles away. So that's part of the reason why it's so slow. Uh, but no, um, yeah, I did contemplate life for about 20, 30 seconds longer than Connell, who uh, <laughs> yeah. it was a few steps in front of me. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's, it's just an exciting time. We've finally, this this horrendous season of sitting there watching us win just 22 games and having what we've gone through at the end of last season, um, it's all been worth it. I know none of us like tanking. Um, we're all still against it, but fortunately this time the lottery odds uh, uh, and lottery balls have bounced our way. Um, and we've just got an exciting summer to look forward to now because as Gary and you guys have already said, landing number one pick, not only do you get the chance to, to, to get the guy, you also get the chance to control the draft and listen to deals that other teams might come up with. I mean, there's a lot of talk that we'll get into this in a minute, but there's a lot of talk that the, uh, the thunder are really keen on Chet Holmgren. Well, if he's not the guy that we supposedly want, then you could possibly make that move, drop back to two and pick up some extra assets. I mean, like, like I said, there's there's lots of different things that Magic can do. But yeah. for me, um, yeah, it is massive. Um, for, forget all the history and all that sort of stuff. It's um, It was a night, and we can enjoy it for the next month, but it was certainly a night that the last decade of being irrelevant and being stuck in mediocrity um, and full of frustration of all the bad past moves that we've made and everything else. It's um, certainly a chance for us to turn the corner and actually put uh, and put something together and build a decent core moving forwards. I say, I know I'm banned from watching the, uh, the draft lottery from now on as I, as I wasn't, up watching it I, I woke up to that news and uh, just what an amazingly exciting piece of news to wake up to as a Magic fan um, you know it's you look at what the like we've said the previous occasions that we've drafted somebody at number one they've been defining moments for that generation of team they've led to a finals appearance in, in each occasion 
Um, it, does it feel like it could be the, the defining moment for this generation of team? I don't know. We'll get to that. Um, but it's a chance to build on what we already have and what we can attract in during the summer as well. Um, as I said before, we went on it. Uh, I was amazingly, I was already amazingly excited for our trip in October. But dear God, did my excitement levels take a, a step up to the next level when I read that? Amazing. So looking forward to it. So, quick reminder to everybody, we are hosting a draft watch party on Thursday, the 23rd of June. Um, it's going to be for Magic fans in the UK and across the globe. So if you'd like to join us to watch the draft unfold, please do. We're hoping that we can get several special guests on to join us again, as we did last year. So if you want to join in, sign up. Uh, go to orlandomagicuk.com forward slash events to sign up. Um, Mikey will be the guy to send you the links in the days leading up to the event. And uh, we'll also probably live stream it on YouTube if you don't want to join in, but want to actually watch something at the time. So keep a view on this space. Let's get to the questions that uh, we've asked people, what they want to hear, what they want to talk to us about on the uh, news that we've got the number one pick. So from Tom Crick, um, in his words, it's a basic one, but Chet, Paolo or Jabari? And I'm also going to throw in here the question that we got in from Gary Clark. Um, his question was, who do you think the front office will go with and would you personally pick differently? So, Gary, let's come to you first, mate. Cheers, Chet, man. Paolo <laughs> or Jabari? Um, front office... Will I think right now, if you said to them, take make the pick now, I think the front office would take Chet. And I say that because of I think they've been trying to get this unicorn type player since they arrived. They tried it with their GI. Um, obviously, injuries haven't helped there at all. And then I think that was behind the more Bamba pick. They want someone who can run the floor, block shots, defend and stretch the floor. So I think going into it, Chet Holmgren would be the uh, would be the front office pick. For my pick, this changes throughout the day. <laughs> it, 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 I'll be honest, I don't know, would be the honest answer. Um, if I was looking at pure upside, I think Chet's the Dwight Howard pick, where mm -hmm. I think he's the one where if we, pick, if we pick Chet, we've seen something in the workouts and it's an upside thing. So... If I was going to totally swing for the fences, and that's the mood I'm in right now because I'm on here with you guys, um, I'll go with Chet. Um, you ask me again at nine o'clock, it'll be probably Paolo or Jabari. So right now it's Chet, um, but I think the front office would would not going down. You're not not going out of those top three. Um, those top three, you are. You don't see anybody coming up. If Shaden Sharp had played during the year. He actually looks like the player we would who would benefit us massively. He's a guard. He can shoot. He's got me and Mikey had this conversation already. He's a he's got the Brandon Roy, um, like new age Brandon Roy. Hopefully without the injuries comparison. So if he played, I think he would have possibly been the consensus. But what happens when you sit out a year? Look at James Wiseman. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Okay. Colin, let's come to you. Same question, dude. Um, well, if you look at what the front office want, based on you know what we've seen from them in the past, they probably want a seven foot six wingspan, which belongs to Chet Holmgren at the minute. And I'm 
I don't want to just echo everything Gary said, but I do agree a lot that between the day I'm Jabari one hour and then I'm checked the next hour and then I'll read something else and I'll change my mind and I'll watch a different video and I'll change my mind. But um, like you say, if we've been looking for that unicorn type player and we've been looking for it in Mo and J.I., I mean, we, we, could, we could talk for an hour about J.I. and will he, won't he come back, what impact will he have? But um, I think one thing you look with Chet, for a seven-footer, he can handle the ball like a guard and it's not that's not just a saying when you actually watch the footage of him the way that he kind of moves up and down the floor for a guy of his size is unbelievable and the the issue that people have with him is he only weighs 195 pounds for a seven foot center is he built for the nba right now when you look at a guy like paolo who's arguably you know six foot um sorry yeah six foot ten was he 250 pounds something like that i think yeah he's 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 got that nba ready-made build where he might be able to come in and impact straight away but it's, I mean, when, when I've looked at, um, you know, everyone in the media who's now pretending that they're an Orlando Magic expert and they know what we need, I've not seen anybody, um, I've not seen anybody have Paolo at the top, which is interesting because when you read the scouting reports, you say he is probably most likely out the three of them to slot straight into an NBA team. Mm. But, um, I mean, I can't say I watched a lot of college basketball last season. Also, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on these players, but from what you read about them, um, and the potential upside of each three, I'm going to say Chet. Ask me at the end of the podcast, you might get a different answer. Mikey, go for it. Same question. I think they're all options one A, one B, and one C. I don't I think it's really hard to separate the three of them because to me it, it it's going down to really styles of play, really, and what sort of body you kind of want players to, to sort of develop into really because and, and, and Connell just said he hasn't seen anyone have Paolo. I, I've seen a few people and Philip Rossman, right, who, who we all know from uh, from Orlando Magic Daily, he, he said straight after the draft uh, lottery the other night, Paolo would be his pick. And every time he's done a, done a mock draft, um, and he gets a chance to pick number one. He said he would go with Paolo, and I've and I've heard several other people say the same thing. I, I feel like Paolo and Jabari will make a bigger impact straight away. I think Chet is the long term uh, guy that you're going to develop. He's not necessarily going to come in, uh, and I might be wrong. Like he, he might have the sort of impact we saw Evan Mobley have last year. Um, I, I think he's definitely got that that potential too, but. Um, in terms of who I want, I, I mean, I've been going on about Jabari Smith for the last couple of weeks. He's the guy that I'm looking for. That that he's got that. You can see the Jason Tatum kind of style and his ability to spread the floor and score from all three levels. Uh, he's got a decent wingspan. He's he's six foot ten. He's the same height as as Bancaro. Uh, he's he's arguably a better defender than Bancaro, which is probably one of the things that a lot of people are sort of criticising Bancaro for a little bit. Chet, to me, has probably got the highest amount of upside. Um, but like we, we've said this before, he he's probably the highest risk and highest reward guy out of the three. That the, the, the risk is that body and can he put on muscle? Can he put on that strength? And, and can he handle playing against grown men? Um, uh, and we've seen this as magic players in the past. Like everyone forgets Dwight Howard was just a skinny little teenager when we drafted him in 2004. 
and then he turned into having massive shoulders and arms and being the three-time defensive player of the year. Um, and we've seen it with Yanis and we've seen Kevin Durant. Like, th- there's lots of players of that build. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I think the front office, I think the front office would go with Chet if they had the choice, but I would go with Jabari Smith if it was me. For me, I'm going to be honest, I haven't watched anything yet. I've not had the opportunity. I'm still, I still haven't watched a playoff game from before when we were recording last time around. I just haven't had the opportunity. Uh, that's going to be over this weekend. So at this moment in time, I've not got an opinion on any, on any of the three guys. Because um, as I've said before, I don't bother looking at anything until the draft lottery has come out. I don't see the point in me looking at picks one through three if we're not going to be going until five or six. So I will, I will now start having a look at the prospects. Um, so at this moment in time, I don't have an opinion. Uh, sorry to sit on the fence and sound uninterested. I've just not had the opportunity. Um, I was What I was very surprised at is to see how closely grouped all their figures are. Their stats are so very, very closely grouped. There's less than three points difference per game. Um, there's The rebounding is probably well, it is very much in favour of Chet, as is the blocks. 4.9 blocks per game he was averaging, which is a hell of a figure. But then when you come to assists, there's one assist a game between them. It's 0.3 of a, of a game per game for steals. The figures are so close. It seems that there's not really a losing pick amongst them, it would appear. The thing I'd um, be interested to see is, and I put this out on Twitter yesterday, and, um, and we'll hopefully get some get somebody like Dan Savage or somebody to come on and, and talk with us about some of these prospects, but I put it out on Twitter yesterday. It'd be interesting to see where people rank the, these three players in and amongst last year's draft. Where would, where would they fit if they were in last year's draft? Um, and a few people sort of had them in and around the, the Mobley pick, the Scotty Barnes pick. So I think they're still, that, that calibre of players still there. Um, it, it was just interesting. Again, we don't get a huge amount of, uh, we don't get to watch these players very often. So it's just interesting to see how people sort of rank them yeah. compared to last year. Okay, let's jump on to the next two. Um, <laughs> two very similar questions. One from Charles on Instagram and one came in from Anthony Unwin via Twitter. Um, we'll take Anthony's first. And he asked, do you think the front office will mastermind a trade back to acquire more assets or do they concentrate on picking their guy without any drama? So, Mikey. I don't think they'll trade back. Uh, they'll certainly entertain it and ask for for the world for that first overall pick. But to me, you finally win the lottery. <laughs> you finally get the chance to change course and change direction and, and have a massive impact on what the next five years look like. To me, you go and get that guy regardless. Um, whether whether you think OKC might want Chet and maybe Chet's not our guy, I don't know. But um, to me, if you've got the number one pick entertain it unless somebody comes in with a crazy offer and I don't know a bit like 1993 where we got three first round picks and Penny Hardaway for Chris Webber unless it's something substantial like that then uh, yeah I, I don't think we'll move and I don't think we should I think if that guy's there 
if 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 that guy's there that they think that that's the guy we need to start building around, then you just take him for me. Yeah. Gary, do you think they'll stick with the uh with the keeping the number one pick? Um, I think for me, I think it's a game of smoke and mirrors, really. And we know that how Orlando operate, and to be honest, OKC yeah. operate very much on the same on the same way. Um hypothetically, if we fell in love with Smith or Bancaro and OKC were really wanting Chet. OKC's also got the 12th pick and they own about 5,000 picks between now and 2030. <laughs> if there's potential to pull like some type of, yeah, we're going to do the, the picks, swap the picks, the one and the two, we pick for them, they pick for us. And then they put number 12 and say another one on the table or a couple of pick swaps down the line. I think Orlando would consider it. But I think it would be a case of OKC would have to reveal their hand to us. We don't have to reveal ours to them. That's yeah. the beauty of the number one pick. So we know that nothing's coming out of that front office. We'll see who comes in because it's going to carry media scrutiny. But nobody will know outside of the front office, Jamal Mosley, and if they bring a player in. I don't even think the players will know who would make who the pick's going to be. And it'll be tight-lipped and they'll play a poker game. And I think OKC is the only team who's drafting who could offer us something where we go, we'll pick for you, you pick for us, because it's it's directly after. And they're wanting very similar things to what we are. And um, yeah, we'll see. I think that's, if it's going to happen, I think that'll be it. Yeah. Come on, I'm going to throw uh, Charles' question to you. And that was, if OKC are, as reported, set on chat, how would you feel Picking for picking for him, and then trading for say Jabari, um, and the twelfth pick, similar to what they did in '93. Um, I think that, like both the guys have said, it's a really nice position to be in. Where if they want Chet that much, and if this situation does arise, that's them giving us an offer. We don't have to say anything. We can just happily sit here for a month and then pick our guy. So if they want Chet, they're going to have to act a little bit desperate for him and they're going to have to say, oh, can we give you this? Can we give you this? The ball's in our court. And what I'll say is I trust our front office to make the right decision. If they trade the pick, I'm not going to have a cry about it and throw my toys out the pram. I think they know what they're doing. They're not going to rush into any stupid decision. Like you say, we've got the first pick, which means we also have a month to deal with this. There's no uncertainty about, oh, I wonder who we'll have less to choose from. We know, you know, we know the situation that we'll find ourselves in and it's in our hands. And I I trust the front office to do whatever they think is right. If OKC do want Chet, like the, you know, the situation, the question, and we fall in love with Jabari, then it only makes sense for us to do that trade because then we'd either pick Jabari and get no assets with it or we could swap around, pick Jabari and like you say, collect one of the five million picks that OKC have stockpiled up over the coming years. So um, whatever the case, I'm going to be happy and that's you know the benefit of the position that we're in with the number one pick and with a yeah. front office that we've kind of grown um, with over the past few years with the young team and I feel like we all have trust in that whatever they do, we know that they're doing it for a reason because they have a future for the team. And they kind of, over the next five years, let's say, they obviously have a vision for where we're going to go. So I, whatever happens, I'm happy. If they want to do that trade with OKC, fine by me. If they don't, also fine by me. I have faith. 
before I ask the next question, and the one that I'm going to ask next really does follow on very closely to what we've just been talking about, I just want to say to the guys who have sent questions in, thanks ever so much, because they are really, really good questions. It's been really interesting. This is what We've said it many, many times. It's something that we absolutely love, the interaction that we get with you all, because... You, you come up with things sometimes that we don't necessarily think of and it, it just it's just a big part of what we do and what we enjoy doing so thank you very much so to follow on this one um came in from joshua richard on nine joshua richard 19 on instagram and the question is who are the types of player you would trade the pick for so it really does follow on very closely from uh, Charles and Anthony's questions. So, Gary, let's come to you first. Who would, what sort of players would you trade for? Trade the pick for? Um, a, a trade that I would find intriguing. We'll, we'll go back to OKC again. And if we had OKC over a, like a Chet Holmgren-sized barrel and shaped barrel as well, because we're all in about... It's a big barrel. It's a big barrel, but it's a slim barrel. <laughs> um, we'll... <laughs> I would be really interested if we could do something where it was a pick swap and something happened like where we maybe sent one or two of our vets and we said we get Shea Gilgis Alexander back and the number two. That would be interesting to me. Um, the other players that are being thrown around who may be unsettled, um, I either don't think would happen or I don't really want. So I don't really want Rudy Gobert and I don't think a number one's enough for Zion. So OKC with the pick and SGA yeah. is where you're... That, that, would, that, that would be very hard to turn oh, back. Oh, yeah. But a borderline all-star and then God knows what else you see in whoever number two is. Mikey, same question. Where are you at with yeah, the I, type I, of player? I, I kind of agree with uh, Gary. I don't... I think any any scenario like that, you've got to look at like say Houston want to move up from three. I mean, I can't see Houston at all entertaining Jalen Green trades for a number one pick either. But like that that's what you've got to ask for though, isn't it? Like if, yeah, if you're going to entertain those those trades, that's what you've got to ask for. I don't think it's what you're going to get. I don't think like we've discussed players like Donovan Mitchell and people like that in the past few months, but I don't think any of those moves are right for where we are at this point in time. So, uh, yeah, I, I think future picks or that borderline all-star that's still young enough that fits in with the rest of this roster. I think anything outside of that's probably not really what we should be looking for. Is there, uh, Colin, I'm going to change the tack ever so slightly for you. Is there anything to say? Because I, I, I was, Really hoping G would be on, but unfortunately, Garan can't join us because he's away uh, for the weekend at uh, his brother's wedding, I think he said. Yeah. Um, so enjoy yourself, G. We're missing you, mate. Um, but is there any kind of scenario where somebody like the Lakers could come knocking for the number well, one? Taylor Hot and Tucker in a first round pick. <laughs> <then, yeah. laughs> <laughs> is there anything, is there any way that you would look at doing a deal? Is there anything that they could attract you with? Well, it's, it's finding a player that fits our timeline yeah. for a number one pick. And the kind of superstar players in the league are, in most cases, on teams who are trying to build to win now. So will they want to trade that player for a first-round pick? Do also, do we want 
you know, an aging star player, does that fit the timeline and the kind of the culture of what we have? No. So it really narrows down what we take. When you talk about the Lakers, I can't think of any way that we could work with them or that I'd want to work with them. Um, The SGA one makes sense. It just depends on the desperation of OKC, how badly they want Chet. Um, But it's, it's it, it's it's weird because they're hard they're hard to compare as assets. The first overall pick and a, a player that you're gonna, you know, automatically an NBA experience player that you're gonna slot on, slot in a squad. Like Mikey said, maybe the, that kind of borderline all star, maybe like third fourth year player who's in the timeline of our team who you kind of know what you're gonna get because, like you say, taking Chet for example, as much as he has the biggest upside, he is a massive risk. Um, at the same time, he's never gonna be a bad player, but. Will he, you know, will he be able to solidify himself in the NBA as quickly as maybe some of the others? I don't know. But um, to answer your question, the Lakers, I, I don't want to touch them. Um, if if you offered me the SGA trade, however, plus a couple of picks or a pick or depending on the value of it, then I'd probably say yes, to be honest. Mm. I think anything SGA is definitely worth a look because definitely. he does fit our timeline and the guy has an ability to put a team on his shoulders. He's yeah. definitely got an ability. Is there anybody else that you can, and any the three of you can think of that, that would perhaps come knocking to move up, you know, say a Detroit, Indiana, Portland, who all drop down in the, in the lottery. Is, is there anything that you think that they could perhaps come lock, knocking? Russell Westbrook. <laughs> if you want to. No, I don't, I don't see it because I just don't think when you look at it, like the, the talk is the Jazz are going to blow it up this year. And I'm not sure that Donovan Mitchell's value is held with the exits they've had. I'm not sure his value is as high as it was like six months ago even. And Rudy Gobert, you have to play a certain system to maximise Gobert. And then there's a kind of, well, when you get the elite level, like the real superstar where we're at now in the final four type, Gobert can be exposed quite easily. And then when you look at it from there, it's like, oh, what are we going to give up? It's like what's already been said. It's they don't fit our timeline. You know, Connell's saying that they don't fit. It would ha- There's nothing there. The the player who's avail- possibly available who fits our timeline, Zion. But I just don't see that happening. But with his injuries, would you trade for him though? Not really. Because no. I wouldn't. On, on 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 value, if he's fit, yes, but then it's the injury thing again, and it's I don't really want another player made of glass sat on the end of the magic bench modeling the latest next catalog edition or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we tend to see. The thing is, there's only a few teams that like, and it's only the, it's the teams in and around us. Like Zion's probably the only really. The only real X factor and teams that are a little bit further outside of that scenario. Because if like if you look at Houston with Jalen Green, he'd be the one that you'd be asking for. If you look at the Detroit Pistons, it'd be Kay Cunningham. If you're looking at uh OKC, you'd be asking for SGA. Like outside of those players, there's not really a lot, there's not really anybody else that fits what we're really looking for. And for those teams' points of view, they've already got them. Like, why would they need to go and risk losing them to then draft to get the number one yeah. pick just to so, just to solid, solidify getting the guy that they want? 
when they've already got a building block in place, which is a, which is what we're really wanting out of this draft, isn't it? Because that's the one thing yeah. that we're lacking out of compared to the three of them. Um, just despite that, how stacked our, our roster is full of young players, and, and we really like a lot of them, we're still missing that guy. And I think those three teams already have that, and I'm not sure that they would give it up. Um, obviously, we would probably say yeah, but I'm not sure they would either entertain it themselves. So, from from my view, I I think what you guys already touched on is absolutely correct. Um, it's either we take the number one pick we pick our guy with absolutely no pressure on us because as I say I don't think there's a I don't think there's a loss on any picking any one of those three you can make it it's quite clear from how you guys are saying that one hour it's this guy one hour it's that guy next hour it's the third person that there's no bad option amongst the three of them and they are very close as we've already said very closely tied on the stats so it's just taking which is the favourite on what the team see working out. So I think I ultimately think that that will be where we go. Uh, I think we'll hold on to the pick. But if OKC come knocking, I think you've got to give it some serious consideration because you are only dropping down that one position. Mm. Um, I think the downside to it could be something that we, I, each of those three guys is going to want to come to Orlando because they, they've they got the opportunity to step straight into a team where they are the star player. They've got potential to get um, a lot of media exposure. They've got potential to get a lot of good um, sponsorship deals and all those sorts of things. They have the potential, they have the option because we don't have that star guy of being the team's franchise player. So I think that there will be um, a lot of interest from each of the top three players in coming to our, our, our team. I think that uh, it's an amazing position that we can that we are in. Um, so, no, moving on, a couple of closely related questions um, about how us getting the number one pick changes our roster's future. So, from uh, on Instagram via Michael J. Fox, a good friend of ours, we can't play all these young guys. Will we trade some away for a vet? So, uh, Mike, let's come to you first. Uh, I don't necessarily think it'll be, say, a like-for-like trade for any of them in particular. I I mean, I'm looking at players like RJ Hampton, who I think we all like, but I think he's the sort of player, him and maybe Tumor, the sort of guy that you might package in a deal for somebody like, like in a Terrence Ross trade for somebody else in return. Um, personally, I, I think we just got to keep keep, us the, keep the, the top of this roster stacked with young players. We, we only really need two, three, four, probably the very most uh, veterans on this team, in my opinion, this season. Because it's a season where you want to figure out what's, what players are we moving forward with. I think next summer's the, the, the summer that we start to thin out the youth a little bit more and and start to build something a little bit more um a little bit more concrete at the moment i don't think that's a move i think we're just filling filling in veteran filling in gaps with veterans at the moment um and we i don't think that's really that's not the priority this summer it's about 
improving the talent on this roster and that's the most important thing so no I don't think we'll necessarily trade for one I think if anything it's just going to be someone we add in free agency like bringing Robin Lopez back or somebody like that Okay Come on What about yourself are you uh, seeing us trading some of the youth (coughs) for a a more veteran presence Well like you say there's definitely a need for veteran presence with us drafting another young guy into a roster where the average age is about 23.9 or something I think anyway Um, and you look at Terence Ross is probably on his way out Robin Lopez we haven't extended his deal yet um, which leaves us with Gary Harris and Mm -hmm. is that it? I can't off the the top of my head think of anyone else yeah that's really kind of a veteran that sticks out so when you're looking at moving guys, I think there's a core that they're definitely going to want to keep. There's no way we trade, obviously, Jalen Suggs, Mark Fultz. I don't think we trade Cole Anthony. We're obviously going to keep Franz. We're going to keep Wendell. But then you start looking at Mo Bamba, Chuma Kiki, RJ Hampton, and thinking, are, are they really part of the long-term future of the team? They're, they're guys that we kind of gave a chance to, like Mo Bamba, the Mo Bamba kind of project that he was when we drafted him a few years ago. It's not really worked out how we might have hoped it would. And then, obviously, we saw in the past season, Wendell's certainly taken over his role as um, as a starter in the team. So, I think he still carries value, though, because he is young and there is obviously the possibility that he could, you know, potentially kind of improve over the next couple of years. Um but, uh, you know, we're not talking about adding a star to the team here. We're talking about adding a veteran who's going to be someone to guide the young players. So, I mean, those, those are the three that come to mind when we talk about people that we might move on. Who we might take, I have no idea. And I think it might be more likely, like Mikey said, that we do bring somebody in free agency. Um, because, I mean, just to kind of echo it again, I think that next summer will be the summer of, right, we've had this really young team for a couple of years now We've seen who's got it and who's not got it and who could potentially be there for something bigger in the future. And then we'll kind of try and thin out a bit more. I feel like these guys might get a little bit more of a chance, but if any of them were to go, it would be RJ, Schumer, Mo. So you, you both I'm, kind I'm of see it spills a development season again next season. I yeah. think it probably will be. We have to be realistic about it. Like none of us are a fan of tanking and it'll break my heart if we lose, you know, 60 games again next season. But um we're in this for the long run. I mean, we're Magic fans. We have to be in this for the long run. We've been in this for the long run for a while now. Um, and I think we're prepared for it. And it's we know that it's for the good of the organisation. Rather than trying to rush into like getting rid of that first pick for like a Damian Lillard or something like that, we know that we've got a few more years. But also, there's no need to lose hope because you look at, like, I've got the roster written down here next to me. There's a promise there. We bring in a number one overall pick. Our time will come, so there's no need to kind of rush into getting rid of these young guys, I don't think. One more year and then we'll see where we are. So, Gary, I'm going to say the two questions that we've got here are very, very close together. So I'm going to lead with Anthony's Anthony Unwin's question for you. Um, does having the number one pick change what the Magic do in respect of Mo Bamba, Gary Harris, Terence Ross, and to some extent, Robin Lopez? Um, I was... <laughs> I think like where I was going to go anywhere is I think more Bamba might have some money thrown at him from elsewhere. Mm. And I think if we take Chet, there is only so many minutes to go around. And that's not me. I'm not a more Bamba hater. I, I want the guy to do well. But I just think that he is a player where I think we could lose him because it might come down to we aren't going to pay the money that's thrown at more when we've got another project on the books if we take Chet. So I think 
there's question marks there. Um, I don't think Gary Harris will come back, which I know I know G, for example, really likes him and will give him a one-year deal. Totally see the logic in that, but I don't think he'll be back. Um, T Ross has been an interesting one because a couple of weeks ago, if you'd said it, it was pretty it looked as though he wanted to go. But from his own podcast, it's now it looks as though he's actually excited for the season. So I possibly could see us riding him to at least trade deadline. And I think he'll be around till then. If it was me, I would bring Robin Lopez back because I think he's perfect for this group of players to have as a vet in the locker room. I think it's clear that he, he looks after them. He enjoys being here. Um, and I think if you if we're going to draft a big, which it looks like, you want to have somebody that size to throw at them. You know, like when Dwight Howard came in, he was having a practice against Kelvin Cato and Tony Petit. You know, like two huge veteran centres. So I, I would want Robin Lopez. And you've got Wendell there, and he's, you know, really come on a lot. So to have those two guys automatically on your roster to say you're going to work with these two, possibly Jonathan Isaac. I think the question marks for me are uh, what would happen with Moore with a big coming in? Because he looks to me as though he'll get an offer sheet from somewhere. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think there's question marks there and I just don't think, I don't think Gary Harris will come back. I, I, I could see Gary Harris going back to Denver. Yeah. I think when you, yeah, I've mentioned that the other day. I think uh, that's a possibility that he could uh, find his way back to um, a team he clearly loved playing mm-hmm. for and a, and a location he has a lot of affection for. Um, and if he does, you know what, fair play to the guy and, and he probably fits with them again at this moment in time good luck to the guy if, if that's where he ends up um, what do you think Paul? I like the idea of bringing Rolo back because particularly if you draft Chet because I think Rolo is one of those guys with a he's a veteran with a a young attitude to life so he ha- he's a lot of fun he's a lot of jo- en- enjoyment about things but he also um, great player to learn from great player to learn from um, and he is clearly all about the team he's clearly all about his teammates um, he's I know he's absolutely loved by Magic staff who, who have met him and been involved with him he is one of those people that just don't hear a bad word about him he's really highly praised so I, I think that Rolo comes back Um I, I thought the press release by the Magic that uh, Dan Savage wrote um, in respect of the article about us getting the the number one overall pick was quite interesting because mm-hmm. um, the words he wrote were, unlike many players who go to organisations awarded the number one overall pick, this Magic team is not devoid of talent. The group currently features a number of lottery selections at its core, including Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter Jr. and Jonathan Isaac to go along with promising with other promising young pieces such as Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton and Chumaro Kiki. One name clearly missed out in that lot. No mention of Mo Bamba. Mm. So, it, 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 okay, I'm, I don't want to read too much into that. It's just that he's in restricted free agency. Uh, so, perhaps we've not included him because of that. But that does kind of make you think, does he have a future with the team? I don't know. 
it's I don't know. I thought I was really interesting though. I, th- I think with like with us admitting it's going to be another developmental year, what Gary said, right? Is there any point like there will be another team who wants to pay him money and that money will probably be more than what we want to pay him, given we've kind of you know, succumb to the fact that the project is over and the two players that we'll probably see at the four and five next year are Wendell and whoever we draft, um, whether that be Chet. Um, so th- th- there's not really, with it being a developmental year and we're probably going to focus on giving minutes to the young guys again, is there any point giving them to Mo and never mind minutes giving money to Mo when, you know, we're not trying to buy players, well, you know, sign players to win anything we're trying to sign place that we can develop the team which is why we're talking about veterans like Robin Lopez because of what mm-hmm. he can bring in terms of guidance to them um, so it's 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 unlikely that we're going to want to match what somebody, yeah. um, I, I, what somebody I think Mo's wants. gone I do think Mo's gone uh, I wish him well um, you know I've not been his greatest fan um, but I think he he showed a huge development last season and good luck to the guy wherever he goes if he goes good luck to him if he stays with us then don't think he's getting as big a money as potentially he could I think it I think it might be somebody like maybe Indiana if they're going to tr- finally trade Miles Turner this summer that opens up a, a space that Bamba could play minutes there with, and you've got Halliburton who's still young who's still developing not necessarily saying what that's what Indiana are going to do. I just it, think that's possibly a team. I, I don't think he's coming back. I, I just think the fact if we hadn't have got a top three pick in this year's draft, I think there was a very, I think it was a very good possibility yeah. he might have been back next year. I agree. The fact that you've got three bigs that you got the chance to pick number one, I think that already kind of as halfway is halfway to making that decision for us already. Just the fact that we've got that top pick. And uh, it's, it's slightly off topic, but it comes from what Dan Savage wrote on us getting this pick. Do you see that as being our starting five potentially next season? Markel, Jalen, Franz, Wendell, and JI? Or does JI drop out, assuming he's fit for the start of the season, and the whoever we've drafted get the start? Well, I'll just go back really quickly. Sorry. Just- what yeah, no, carry on, pal. What's going to be really interesting for me is what money DeAndre Ayton gets paid. Mm, yeah. DeAndre Ayton gets a max deal. More Bamba's value might go up a bit. Because right now, Bamba is being compared to Wendell in terms of the deal Wendell got. So yeah. there's no way you can justify giving more um, money to more than Wendell. But if somebody maxes DeAndre Ayton, all of a sudden there's a little bit of leverage there for Bamba's agent to go around to another team and say, well, he's a young guy. He did show this with his first set of minutes. Pay him at least this. So I think he's got more leverage if he waits to see. It's a risk, but to see what Aiden gets. If the Suns or somebody maxes Aiden, all of a sudden leverage falls to Bamba, which might mean we don't bring him back because he's just completely not affordable at all then to us. I can't yeah. think. I can't think who I listened to today, but they were talking about um, Robert Williams, a place for Boston. He got a similar contract, I think, last summer to Wendell, and they're all they're basically saying. I don't know if it was Woj's podcast. It was somebody like that, and they were saying that that's almost setting the tone for the way teams are starting to value centers at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't think Aiton's going to get a max deal, but I, I completely get what Gary's saying, though, that it, that's going to make a big difference on what other players think they're going to get. So, okay. Sorry, Starting Paul. five. No, don't <laughs> apologise. It, mate, this is what conversation should be, and this is what this poll is. It's us doing what we normally do, talking basketball, and things flow, and that's, that's all good. So, I'm just interested, does whoever we draft get the start over a if J.I.'s fit does he get the start what do you see the start as Connor let's ask you first mate I mean wh- whether or not you know in our opinion who should start it's whether or not J.I. will start because this injury saga has been going on for longer than there's you know could have possibly been foreseen yeah um, I mean we, we, we've seen that he's played basketball so he's it, it, it would be ridiculous if he wasn't back for the start of the season I think and we're all expecting him to be back it's just how how well is he performing in in practice now when he's not had NBA minutes in over a year um, you look at the guy that got injured and you know we're talking about a defensive player of the year candidate and a guy who looked like he was kind of coming towards becoming a real real powerhouse for us but um it, it it depends what the coach sees, to be honest, because like you say, it's interesting that the draft has fallen in a way that it will be somebody who's competing directly for his position. Mm. And given the issues that he's caused the team in the past year with his injuries, um, will he will he be trusted to play the minutes? Will the minutes kind of be shared between them? I'm not sure. Um, personally, I'm kind of past it with him at the minute. He might come back and really impress us and then I'll fall back in love with him like I was a couple of years ago. But he's really kind of pushed me to the edge of my patience. And I'd rather we started one of these young guys and said, look, we've used our number one pick here. We're not going to draft a guy at one and sit him on the bench. He's not played for over a year. Earn your spot back in the team. And I think that's how I'd go into the season. But um, we'll have to see what the coach does. I'm 100% with you, Connor. I'm 100% with you. I would go Fultz, Suggs, Wagner, Wendell, and whoever are you yeah. Gary are you in the same same sort of position same thoughts depends who we draft I think if it's if we draft Chet Holmgren and I think I don't know whether he will start or not um I think if we draft one of the other two I think they will start because we've made the decision then to go with the immediate contribution um if it's there's question marks on GI because if if he is not ready to go, by the training camp or by, you know, by October, <laughs> there's a real problem there, bigger than the, the problem I worry that's already there. And I want him to get fit because I think he's an, an awesome player, potentially. Mm. But I think Chet will be where it's a bit of a slow burn, where we might see him and then he'll gradually, as the season goes on, um, see more of him. But there's, there's a lot of things to take into account if we draft Chet and it's, I don't think it's even just about the physique with Chet Holmgren. Um, I, my biggest worry is not his physique as it goes, because I think I look at him and I'm thinking, well, Wendell Carter Jr. is going to be the guy who takes Joel Embiid, takes uh, Jogic, et cetera, because he's done it already very, very well. Mm. Um, and I also think, well, look at Kevin Garnett, Physique-wise, that's the physique I see. I remember KG getting uh, drafted and he was like a toothpick when he came. Um, My worry with Chet Holmgren is the level of competition that Gonzaga faces. 
compared to what you would have seen Smith and Bancaro get. So I think it's a double, it's a double um, alert if you bring in Chet in, where it's a case of first of all gradually dipping him in, and then secondly gradually bringing him up to maybe a pace. But I'm pretty sure when he works out for the Magic and any of the other bigs work out, I think they're going to walk in there and they're going to find Wendell Carter Jr. and uh, perhaps Robin Lopez. <laughs> yeah, more Wagner yeah. waiting. And just imagine if you're going into a training camp, by the way, and more Wagner's waiting for you to work out against you. I was, gonna say, I was just going to say that, mate. You know, so I think there's a lot to be said about what happens when they do their training camp, when they come and do their workouts with us. Um, I think Chet will be on the bench if we draft him first. Mikey, where are you with the five? I, I disagree slightly. I think whoever you draft, I think you've got to start them. I think you've got to give them as many minutes as possible. Again, you want them in a, you want to put them in a position. I need some light as well, Paul. I'm, I'm sinking. Yeah, I'm, 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 noticing, I'm going into the shadows here. <laughs> um, but yeah, for, you obviously want to put them in a position where they can succeed. Um, and for me. Put it, if, if it's Helmgren, he's for me, he's going to succeed playing next to Wendell because Gary's already alluded to Wendell's going to guard the bigger the bigger forwards and the bigger centres. Um, so Holmgren's already got that advantage that he's going to have him as his as his running partner. Um, yeah, and, and he's going to Markel who's going to be able to find him and, and create him space and, and everything else. It's, to me, I think you have to start whoever's drafting number one. I, I, I think it might be a bit of an uproar if they didn't. <laughs> um, I, I think some how they perform in summer league, especially Chet, might make the front office think twice. But just, just alluding back to an earlier question we discussed earlier, I just I had a thought about it. We were talking about the... Uh, the debate about whether J.I. might come in and start. I I wonder, here's another like twist to maybe draft night, is we talked about maybe the Magic trading the number one pick maybe to two and trying to get another draft pick or two. I wonder whether there's an opportunity for the Magic to get off the J.I. contract mm-hmm. and say to a team, if you want the number one pick, you've got to take J.I. and we make something work that way because I think one that opens up the opportunity for whoever we draft and two, um, it gives J.I. a fresh start. Um, and we kind of clear our, we, we, we sort of clear that, that play in time a little bit. Um, because I, I don't think J.I. can come in and start. I, I think we're going to see something similar. I, I think they might even be even more caution, have more caution bringing J.I. back than we saw with Markel towards the end of the season. I think we might even see him playing 10 minutes a game, not even 15 or 20. I think they'll be really, really careful with him, bring him in slowly. Um, because to me, I think draft night, if they want to get off that money, draft night's the night to do it. I think otherwise, if he goes into next season, if they don't think long-term he's the guy, you, you've basically got to give him a year to be healthy and play before teams are going to entertain taking his contract on. I, I think that's just another sort of interesting spin on it. But um, yeah, going back to your question, I mate, think you have to start whoever we draft. Mate, if uh, if J.I. does come back and is playing, um, coming on from what Corey was saying last week on the pod, that uh, we're moving away from the orange on the City uniform and there's going to be something different. 
I'm hoping that we're going with bubble wrap. <laughs> the injuries that we've had over the last two seasons of we, we definitely deserve something that's going to protect the team. But um, finally, just want to ask something around. All of a sudden, we've got massive media attention in every form of media. We have the attention of the NBA and the sports world. So, what can this potentially pivotal moment do for both the team's profile and the team's future? So, Mikey, you've not gone first for a bit. So, go, man. What's your thoughts? Um, I think more than anything, it'd just be nice to see some nationally televised games. I mean, it makes no difference for us over here because we watch everything on League Pass. But I think certainly in the states, no, nobody watches their magic. We 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 know that from the way everyone was ranking Franz Wagner in the Rookie of the Year uh, debate, which we'll get to in a minute. But that's just one example. But yeah, I, I just think as for the team as a whole, it'll it'll give the give the young players a bit of exposure nationally for players to get, uh, for people to say, well, do you know what? They are actually building something on Orlando, something we've been talking about for the last year, year and a half. Um, I, I don't think it makes a huge difference at the moment. Again, that number one pick um, and whoever we draft is certainly going to pull in, pull in people. Um, and then you've got players like Cole Anthony that obviously can add to that as well. And, that the, the national media and fans are going to lap that sort of stuff up because you want characters in the game and you want characters on your team. And we've certainly got a few of them. Um, I also think the home grin, uh, Jalen Suggs friendship, like I think they were at high, did they go to high school together or they grew up together and things like that, that that's going to add to that sort of intrigue um, to, to this magic team. But yeah, it's it's just nice that people are finally talking about something positive that we've done, even though it's all been down to luck and winning something with ping pong balls. But it's yeah. all good. Connell, same question, mate. I mean, I think that now that the world are awake, they're in for a bit of a shock because, as you said earlier, we aren't just some team full of you know ter- terrible players who are first. Um, a number one overall pick's going to come in and he's just going to be surrounded by garbage. That's not what we are. We're a young, exciting team. Look at the personalities that we've got around the team. Like you, you talked about Cole, even, you know, Jalen, um, Wendell, people like that. These, these are interesting guys who, given a platform, the media would love, but we don't have that platform. And, you know, as they've woken up this week, they obviously, they need to do a little bit more research on kind of who we are and who plays and things like that. But, um, it's it's a good it's a it's a good thing for us because it's it's what it's an excitement that we've experienced for the past season with you know a young group of players who are motivated to keep working for each other and that you know we don't like the tanking I don't think they like the tanking there were times when they didn't want to seem to kind of let the game go and they were you know working hard we put the we put the reserves on and they'd come and they'd give it a real game for like the last quarter or so so the the culture around the Orlando Magic is attractive and if the media can kind of cling on to that it works in their benefit as well because if we we are literally feeding them the content to put out there if you want to cover a team with the first overall pick what better personalities to have than the young core that the Orlando Magic already has so I mean it's nice to kind of finally see you know rather than LeBron James has like had pizza for his tea tonight they're talking about the Orlando Magic which it's it's refreshing because it's things that we've known for so long but for other people to finally recognise it um, it's it's deserved. 
it's definitely deserved. Gary, are you enjoying uh, watching the talking heads trying to spout magic knowledge? It's interesting. I won't name the podcast, but it was quite a big name in, in, in America. But I, I caught a name them. Name them if you want. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't, right, okay, so the, the podcast from The Athletic, which is not a, um, a publication that I'm a fan of at all, but um, they were on saying, like, what a complete waste of the uh, top pick it was to go to Orlando, things like that. Um, that type of coverage just, that has to go because it's people just who haven't watched Magic Games at all. And this is not this is not a, a team that's been so woefully bad and it's what's already been said devoid of talent it's an it's exciting team it's good basketball and there's individual players in there who you can go actually they've got a future you know like how could you not watch Markel Fultz in full flow and go oh nothing worth watching there or what Franz Wagner did as a rookie etc you know calls big games etc Wendell Carter Jr like I think he's got a coming out party over it written all over him next season mm. So there's there's so much positive for Orlando. So to just get those eyes there would be absolutely great. But for me, I think it's big for the, the UK. I think it's big for the UK, this because when we've had named players, or we've had Shaq, when we've had Penny, when we've had Dwight Howard, etc., people go out to holiday in Orlando and they see the jerseys, there's more jerseys available, there's people talking about Shaq, Dwight Howard, etc. And they come back Magic fans. Whereas now, I've you know I've I've worked in schools, I've worked etc. You know, like with kids and stuff. Friends of mine, I got kids who are NBA fans now. They hear, they see the NBA, Orlando Magic stuff, and then it's like, who do you spot or Golden State? Which I totally get. I totally get because they can see a bunch of those games for free at eight thirty on Sky. Or they can listen to one, you know, like oh, more Moonsey or whatever is the, the hoop expert, and he's going to talk about Boston. So they're going to take either a big market or a name player. And we, no disrespect to Vooch, but we have not had a Frank, like a real flagship player for the city since Dwight Howard left. And it, it, everybody willed it to be Aaron Gordon. That was what people willed it. We, you know, we, we tried to will that to happen, and it wasn't to be. Vooch did his very best but we need a marquee player and they're either on the roster now or it's whoever we draft or get as a result of this. We might get this draft. This draft pick could be a great number two option with other great options that brings another player here when they're a free agent who becomes the number one guy. But it's crucial that we have that eyes on us and we capitalise on it because Orlando's a great team to follow, as we know. Absolutely. This is where I think it could be a pivotal moment for us in getting this this number one pick. As you've just said there, it's what it can then subsequently bring to the team. And if you've got a, a talented core with a strong um, backcourt that can play the ball well, as we have, it's then what can you attract further to bring into this team in free agency and I think we're in an amazing position because of landing this I thought we were in a great position anyway but landing that number one pick has kind of just pushed us over that that hill um, the, the peak and we've got every opportunity to really take a major major step forward um, I agree with you I think 
that Wendell has got a opportunity to have an amazing season next year. And I th- I'm so excited to see what Franz can develop and bring further to what he's already done. Because um, let's be fair, the accolade that he's just got, and it brings us on to the next point um, where he's been announced uh, overnight as being named in Kia's NBA All-Rookie First Team. Um, it shows that there, even though he didn't get the votes in the Rookie of the Year consideration, his ability has been recognised and I'm delighted for, for the guy. Um, do, have you seen he got 84 out of a possible 100 votes? That's, that is superb. Come on, to the other the guy. 16. <laughs> he, had, he had 15 second place, didn't he? And then there was one yeah. where it was unaccounted for, which might have been amazing. Yeah. Come on, pleased for the guy? Uh, I'm pleased for him. And I think it's to be, obviously, from our point of view, expected because we watched the Magic Games and we understand what a talent he was. And it frustrated us throughout the season that he wasn't getting the recognition of Mobley. Green, Cunningham when he played even though he, was, he wasn't he was any less of a player especially in the Magic team that he was in he, to come not even he, we selected him after Jalen Suggs in the draft and he made a bigger impact than Jalen Suggs last season he impressed everyone in the Magic like you say he's locked down as a starting player for us for the next oh, you know, yeah. for years to come mm-hmm. um, and to solidify yourself that quickly when you know so many players went before him in the draft is very very impressive and I'm glad that's been recognised. Obviously, I mean, these all NBA teams, all rookie teams, they don't mean anything, but it's it's nice for him to kind of finally have his name out there. Like there was maybe one week, I think, throughout the entire season where he led in the Rookie of the Year standings. I remember we all celebrated that because we've been speaking about it for so long that mm-hmm. Cunningham was injured, Green wasn't performing, and Franz Wagner was the man who was making the impact. Um, but it seems like, like you say, with... Um, it, it goes nicely hand in hand with getting the first overall pick because we have a guy who's in the all rookie first team. We have a guy who's coming in as a first overall pick. We have you no know, lottery picks all throughout the team. People are going to look at the magic. And you know, if you are looking for a team to support, like if you've been to on holiday to Florida, but even if you're just watching the NBA now, you're starting to get into it and you're saying, right. And I don't want to cheat and go and support, you know, the books or something like that. Who's got a really exciting young core that if I follow this team, I'm going to be on a journey with them for the next few years. That looks like us. And a big part of that is Franz Wagner and the front office hit big time when we picked him. So I'm made up for the bloke and I'm sure he's watching Franz. Well done. (laughs) So based off of the announcement of Franz becoming the 10th player in franchise history, to be named in the NBA All-Rookie First Team. The trivia question is, can you name the other nine? Shaq. That's one. Penny. That's two. Alfred Payton. That's three. Dwight. Dwight's four. Victor Oladipo. That's five. Mike Miller. That's six. Uh, can um, here we go. Uh, getting getting years is cheating a little bit, isn't it? Was, I don't mind. I could I could give you years. Was Dennis Scott? Dennis Scott was Shout. yes. He was the first one. 
So it went Scott, Shaq, Penny. You're missing the next one, who was uh, 90, 1998, 1999. Harpering. Bang on, buddy. Bang on. Then it was uh, Mike Miller. And the one that you're missing is the next guy from 2002-2003 season. Did um, Jimmy and Nelson make the first one? No. No, no. That's wrong. I'd have gone there. Yeah. This one's earlier than that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Connell's doing my pose from Tuesday night. Yeah, Um, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, three. 2002, 2003. Um, Who did we draft? His college was Kansas. Um, he was drafted as, as said that the uh, number. He was drafted at number one by the Memphis Grizzlies. Drew Gooden came to us. Drew Gooden. Drew Gooden. Bang on. Bang on, buddy. So there you go. That is the trivia question for this week. So, well done, knocking out those nine. Impressed, boys, impressed. So, as always, just got to say thanks for your company, guys. G, we missed you, like I've told you. But uh, to everybody, thanks for sending in the questions. We do genuinely appreciate it. We love the interactions. Uh, But don't forget to sign up for the Draft Watch Party if you haven't already done so. Um, We'll have the link added in the podcast description so it makes it easy for you. Thanks, as always, to everybody for listening and watching. Uh, Please subscribe to the podcast and for the latest news, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and Twitter, all at Orlando Magic UK, and visit the website orlandomagicuk.com. So, from Connell, Gary, Mikey and myself, until next time, go Magic.